everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Richard Haynes Real Estate Show. I am your host, Richard Haynes of Manhattan Pacific Realty. We are a small boutique brokerage here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and I am fired up for another episode here, especially it being the start of 2022. Always fun to start out fresh with a new calendar. Always fun to catch up with clients about what they're planning to do to buy or sell. Always exciting in January here for our real estate markets. And even more so, it's always fun to kick off my weekly blog and my first podcast of the year because I like to do fearless predictions. My fearless predictions for the year 2022, we've got so much that has happened the last couple years with a downtrending market in 2019, coronavirus hitting in 2022, the crazy wild appreciation we experienced in 2021. What the heck is next for the real estate market in 2022 and specifically the South Bay here in LA? I am pumped to share with you guys. I do this every year. I have five predictions this year. We're going to go over four predictions for 2022. I'm going to give you some insight, some opinions, anecdotal, some data-based, some research I've done, etc. It's going to be fun. Four predictions for the South Bay and LA here, and then one long-term prediction. Every year I start, I do a long-term prediction that really won't pan out for years, if not decades, but we've been doing this long enough where I might start looking back at some long-term predictions and sharing with you guys what the results were. So without further ado, let's get to the 2022 fearless predictions. Before I get to the list, I'm going to start off with a little market recap, give you a little fresher on what happened in 2021, really towards the end of November. If you wrapped up the year ending in November, I'm going to get you new numbers next week. But let's recap what happened to South Bay real estate in 2021. Look, we had a simply insanely incredible year for prices. Prices surged in 2021. It was the year of wild appreciation, historically low inventory, still super low rates and just a feeding frenzy on our local markets. There are tons of submarkets that were up 20% and even 30% in the past year. And when I went over my top five best performing markets and top five worst performing markets, the fifth worst performing market was up 12.2%. So if that doesn't show you how strong the market is when 30 plus submarkets we cover, the fifth worst one is up double digits. I don't know what to tell you. That's it's it was a crazy crazy strong market. Manhattan Beach up over 15%. Hermosa Beach up over 12%. South Redondo up over 15%. North Redondo up 17%. Palos Verdes 90274 up almost 23% and Palos Verdes 90275 up 23%. Unbelievable. Last year I got most of my predictions correct partially because of the easy setup thanks to COVID. I think it was easy to predict that we were going to take a run. However, I got my 2020 predictions all messed up, and that's also due to COVID, which blindsided us. So take these with a grain of salt. Take them to have fun. Look, a lot of these I do hit. 
A lot of these I don't hit. I'm saying have fun with them, but really these are meant to get your wheels turning and to help you plan about what may happen this year and get you better prepared for 2022. Don't bet your life savings on this. You've got to talk with your proper professionals from lenders to CPAs to architects to your trusted realtor who knows everything about you. Take some of these, maybe go after some of the predictions. Don't bet your life savings, but use it to give you some good money-making ideas of what may happen here in 2022. So here is the fearless list, and I'm going to get into it and cover most of them or each one of them in pretty good detail. Let's start it. Prediction number one. An incredibly strong year of growth. Yet again, I am betting another double-digit gain in prices. Prediction number two, rising interest rates and falling affordability fail to materialize. I'll get into more of what that means in a bit. Prediction number three, millennials drive a housing boom this year and beyond. It's a big prediction. It has a lot of short-term, medium-term, and long-term implications. This is my biggest prediction of 2022 and really something you need to take into the account for the next decade. It's that important. Prediction number four, supply-demand imbalance persists all year long. People will remember it's been a feeding frenzy for houses. As a result, we've seen record low inventory. That was something that really took a hold on the market for most of the year, but we really saw an acute inventory squeeze second half of the year rolling into fourth quarter, and that is going to persist into 2022 and make it tough on buyers. And then the fifth and final prediction, which is my long-term bet, NFTs become the preferred contracts of real estate. If you don't know what an NFT is, that stands for non-fungible token. Non-fungible tokens on the blockchain will become the preferred contracts of real estate. There you have it. Let's get into each one in detail. Prediction number one, an incredibly strong year of growth. Yet again, I am betting double-digit price gains. Now, for those of you that don't follow me, haven't read the blog for all six, seven years that I've been doing it, who haven't been following the podcast, you'll know that I have never, ever, ever been super bullish on predictions. I tend to be more conservative. I'm not afraid to call a dip in the market, whereas a lot of realtors will be like, the market's always going up. You know, buy real estate and wait. It doesn't matter on anything. Look, I am all for real estate long term. It's pretty hard to lose, but I have never been this bullish on a prediction ever. I am betting double digit growth in prices after we've already seen 15, 20, and in some areas, 30% growth. That takes a lot of stones to bet on again. I know it's easy to say it when we have a market that has strong momentum, but it's so rare to get double-digit growth and to get it in back-to-back years. This is a big call, and uh, I'm sticking my neck out there. So look, here's some of the reason why we're going to see another double-digit increase in prices. Inventory is so darn low. We've never seen it historically this low ever in the South Bay. I've written blogs 
I've talked on podcasts about historically low inventory and not just making a new record of, oh, we're beating it by having one or two uh, houses lower than the all-time low record. I'm talking about crushing records where we're 50% below all-time records. Inventory, this is classic supply-demand economics. We've never seen inventory this low, and the demand we are seeing is as high as maybe since the boomers started forming families. And much of that is due to millennials, which I'll get into later in the podcast. So if you combine historically low inventory, ultra low interest rates still, we are seeing those climb, but I don't think it's enough to knock down prices at least this year. And a huge buying cohort that's coming down the pike, we have the perfect cocktail to keep running and what I believe to be double digit price increases. Look, you're going to read a lot this year about sales cooling. Remember, price appreciation and sales are different. Sales, I believe, will cool, but that's because we have no inventories. Remember, sales is the account of number of sales. Oftentimes, when sales slow, that's an indicator of a slowing market. And when sales increase, that's the indication of a stronger growing market. We're going to have slowing sales because there's no inventory, not because prices are set to go down. So keep that in mind when you're looking and reading about statistics. Sales will cool because there's no inventory, and we're just going to do less deals here in the South Bay, okay? Prices will go up as a result. We saw record-breaking prices in the fourth quarter, and I'm talking about you look at a comp and something sells 200 grand over in certain submarkets that closed in the fourth quarter. Those are going to drive markets for all the homes to reset to those prices. I'm very bullish on 2022. We will get 10% price increases. Again, double digit is my prediction. Sure, it could get a little bit overdone on price and affordability, but that's 2023's problem. 2022 is off to the races. It's going to be extremely strong, and we may deal with some consequences, light consequences in 2023, 2024 down the uh, road, but long term, I'm very bullish because of millennials, which we'll get to in prediction number three. But first and foremost, let's move on to prediction number two, rising interest rates and falling affordability fail to materialize. What do I mean about this prediction? Well, look, a lot of us talk about how interest rates can drive housings. We saw how when the Fed cut interest rates and mortgage rates fell to all-time lows, it created a surge in the housing market. We saw slashed interest rates give 10% more buying power to buyers alone in 2020 which drove the market. And in 2021, it kept going because finally we increased by 10%, but you had this huge buying contingent that was much greater than just interest rates, which is why we continued into 2021. While interest rates are climbing and the Fed is set to ease up on items, I just don't believe interest rates are going to rise materially enough to affect the market. And if they were, the Fed does have the power to go back out, buy mortgage-backed securities, and drive interest rates down because the last thing they're going to do is put us into a housing-driven uh, pullback. So I do think they have 
tools to bring interest rates down. They're going to let them tick up a little bit, but it won't be enough to knock this market down. And then affordability. Everyone knows I write about it quarterly now. I talk about it quarterly now. I believe the California affordability number put out by the Association of Realtors is one of the best predictors, forecasters of where this market's going. Affordability is low right now. Normally, that indicates that things are getting a little frothy and prices need to come down. We are at a low affordability number. We were at a point where it was maybe flashing red. It eased slightly last quarter. I just believe that that number is going to stay stable. You've got incomes increasing, rates are still low, and there are a lot of factors with millennials deleveraging their debt where they can afford more. They're getting promoted. The labor market is having to give raises. I just see that offsetting any more gains in prices and we can afford affordability we can let affordability drop a little bit more and it's still not going to slow this market down so i will be watching affordability closely i will be watching interest rates closely because yes they can and will have an impact on our markets but i don't believe that interest rates and affordability will get worse, quote unquote, to impact and slow down this market. So we fail to materialize rising interest rates and low affordability to knock down this market. Prediction number three, millennials drive short-term and long-term housing boom. This is a big bet by me, not just for 2022, but medium-term and long-term. I am a big believer after doing research that millennials are going to drive a long-term housing boom. Let me explain. A 2021 National Association of Realtors report shows that millennials make up the largest cohort of buyers in the country, a massive 37% of buyers in this country are millennials. They make up 37% of buyers. That is the largest cohort by far. In fact, their share is so large that the Association of Realtors breaks them down into two categories, young millennials and old millennials. Young millennials hold 14% share of the marketplace. Old millennials hold 23% share of the marketplace. Those old millennials range between 31 and 40 years old, and those young millennials range between 22 and 30 years old. So look, older millennials generally are beginning family formation. Millennials got a slower start compared to their, their boomer counterparts, which is a more applicable size of a demographic. They are starting to form families 31 to 40 years old. That's the older generational cohort and why I believe NAR breaks it down that way. That group is really driving big, strong demand. But you also have a equally as big, large cohort. I know they're smaller by share, but as these millennials get older, they're going to earn more income, have bigger buying power. 22 to 30 years old shows that there's still a long tail in this millennial cohort that will have an impact on this market. 
these ages are getting into their prime buying years. Not only are they getting into their prime buying years, first-time home buyers, maybe a few moving up, but according to data compiled by Fundstrat, and they compiled data through Bloomberg and BEA and NAR and the U.S. Census Bureau, and they looked at past demographic shifts, and they said the U.S. economy typically does very, very well when large population demographics head into what they call prime leverage years. So you're making money, you're growing your income, you're spending it, you're comfortable in leveraging income. If you're 80 years old and in retirement, you're generally deleveraging and not taking on leverage. If you're making more money, growing your balance sheet, you're taking on more leverage because you're making more in the future, you're bullish on the future, you're building assets and wealth. Well, guess what? What does prime leverage age mean? Well, basically, what I'm going to define, what not I'm going to define it as, what Fundstrat defines prime leverage age as 30 to 48 years old. They found that people take on the most leverage and grow their balance sheet with leverage between 30 and 48 years old, and that the economy performs best when a large demographic hits their prime leverage age. They went back and studied when boomers hit their prime leverage age, and it was an absolute boom. Well, guess what? Millennials are bigger of a cohort. They got a later start, and they are now coming into their prime leverage years. They are predicting millennials will create a boom in the economy, and leverage means a boom in housing. Fundstrat sees a millennial age group accelerating their income prime leverage years through 2026. So we're at the beginning of 2022, another four years, an acceleration of leverage building and booming the economy, and it won't decelerate until well into the 2030s because of how long tail that millennial co cohort is with young millennials. So we could be in um, another decade boom. So what does this mean? This means car purchases, traveling, stock market booms, and yes, a frenzied buying cohort. Let me tell you when, when boomers were in there, prime leverage years, you had right before boomers uh, went to their prime leverage years, you saw a decade of stock market growth in the 70s grow. Gosh, I have my notes here. Incorrect. It looks like 77% growth in the stock market in the decade of the 70s. When the boomers got into their prime leverage years, the 80s saw stock market growth of 400%. Not 77%, the 80s saw 400% growth of the S&P cumulative in that decade. And in the 90s, it saw another 433% cumulative growth in the S&P. That was doing, during the boomers' prime leverage years. In the 2000s, negative 9%. So you can see how as the boomers got older and their kids went off to college, they had already bought their homes, they had saved for college, they sent them off, it didn't boom as much. Fundstrat believes, and I agree with them, that we are going to see a boom with millennials getting into their prime 
leverage years. Uh, I will think what the boomers meant for mining vans, what the boomers meant for housing and the stock market, we're going to see it again in 2022 in the short term, and we're going to see it through the decade, if not well into the 2030s. Millennials will be the main driver in this frenzied housing market, and I believe so in the next decade. Do not bet against demographics. And if you want to read up more on that, I have a couple books. You can email me, call me, text me, and I'll give you some books on demographics and why I'm so bullish because of the millennial cohort becoming of age, making more money, and getting into their prime leverage years. Prediction number four for 2022, supply, demand imbalance persists all year. Look, there has been no inventory relief. Every deal we've swung and missed on in December or been lucky enough to get in January, prices are going that much higher and there is no relief in sight. Most sellers, if they want to sell, cannot afford the next home in their marketplace because their income hasn't kept up. If they're retiring or moving out of state, they're still worried about acquiring a house if they were to sell their house now. The South Bay doesn't have any more massive land to add any more significant inventory by builders. There's areas in Texas or even Austin where you can just pick up a piece of land and build a hundred more homes. That doesn't exist here in the South Bay. And then further, you have millennials forming families, just as we had talked about, beginning their prime leverage years. And if boomers can't afford to buy their next house or they're afraid of buying their home in Palm Springs, they're all staying put. If millennials who bought their first home five years ago are too afraid of being able to find their next home, they stay in their current home. And then other people just can't afford, period, to buy the next home, so they don't move and there's no significant inventory coming by builders. We're just not seeing sellers coming out like we need them to with all the demand we have from buyers today. I don't see any solutions for these problems. We have to see inventory climb before we see prices get knocked down or see a more a market at more equilibrium. I just don't see it. We're going to be imbalanced with supply for all of 2022. Prediction number five, the last and final prediction is a long-term bet, is that NFTs become the preferred contracts of real estate. Now, look, this is a long-term bet. If you're not familiar with NFTs, they are non-fungible tokens. They live on the blockchain. The blockchain is a digital ledger that people trade things like Bitcoin on or Ether on the Ethereum blockchain. It is basically a way to keep track of contracts or cryptocurrencies. Most NFTs now are smart contracts that artists are using to sell pieces of art or a band is using to sell tickets. And what those bands or artists have been doing is, look, they can sell it. Someone has ownership of a piece of art on the internet. And if they ever sold it again, they could earn a royalty from that, the original artist. There are so many use cases for NFTs, and this is not an NFT podcast, but I do believe people could start selling houses via NFTs. And then do we need 
the county recorder anymore to hold records of deeds when NFTs are smart contracts that live on the blockchain that are open for everyone to see who owns a house. Do we need title insurance anymore? Do, do NFTs allow for easier transactions, et cetera, et cetera? I don't know how the future will come of it because there will be people who will use NFTs in creative ways, but NFTs, long-term bet, they will be used as smart contracts. And I see developers going, hey, I'm building a hundred unit uh, a housing complex and selling a hundred houses. I want to create generational wealth whenever someone sells that home. I want a half a percent that gets wired to my bank account every time that home resells. And if they sell them all at a compelling price, home buyers might be okay with that. And then they just created generational wealth for family members or for themselves to take little cuts of those resales every Every time. I'm only using a royalty example because that's easy to explain. There's so many other use cases that this can be used for, but NFTs are the real deal and I think they'll be used in real estate um, in the long term. So to wrap up the podcast today a little bit longer than we normally do, I am more bullish than I have ever been on prices and I'm never super bullish on predictions. So it shows you how strong I think this market is and that will continue. I firmly believe that there are economic, demographic, and geographic tailwinds in the South Bay from amazing tech companies to high earning millennials to no more land that will keep the South Bay rolling in 2022. I think you can't go wrong owning real estate long-term. Of course, there can be some repercussions if we overheat in the next year or two, but long-term, I think you're going to do very, very well. And remember, none of this comes without risk. Real estate is not guaranteed. It can go down. You've got to do your own homework solicit advice from the proper professionals, but ultimately I hope this gets your wheels spinning on how to plan for your sales or your buys. I think it's going to be a great year for price appreciation. Enjoy the ride if you're an owner. If you're a buyer, get aggressive, lock something up sooner rather than later. You guys, Happy New Year. Happy 2022. I'm wishing you a prosperous year. I'm going to be bringing you a lot more podcasts, one this month again, and a weekly blog. I'm looking forward to working with each and every one of you if I can. And if you're just a passive listener or reader, thank you for following along. Have a great year, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Richard Haynes Real Estate Show. Take care.